Talking Toilets with Alex Hope and William Smith. Hello and welcome back to Talking Toilet goes into lockdown. God knows what week it is, the seventh, sixth week. Don't know if you include the week that we did the Miles and the Lisa episodes. We hope you liked those. Um, but yeah, how are you doing, Alex? I just had a brain fart, um, but I'm doing well. But when you said Miles and Lisa, I was like, hold on. Has it really been that long into lockdown? And I've realised that we're doing chronology now. So that adds a new <laughs> layer of uh, complexity to my already very simple day. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm good. Uh, I've been... I'm back at work for a couple of weeks now. I don't have a very exciting toilet experience this week, so I've decided to shake it up a little bit. Um, We've received, and I say we, I've received a text from my mum this week. Uh, She has been listening to the podcast, and she has sent me an article that she thinks might be of interest to us. Oh, so she's doing her own toilet news? Well, effectively, but I think this 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 borders on toilet news, but it also borders on our um, advertising dreams uh, oh, okay. <laughs> for the future. So, I mean, I'm going to say that I'm already hooked on this idea. Mm-hmm. And if we ever get an opportunity to speak to someone who represents this brand, A, I would be very excited because it's already of note enough to be in our podcast. But B, I think I'm going to utilise this brand more than I maybe should. Let me get straight to yeah, it. Yeah, go so, on. Yeah, yeah. My mum said, seen this? You could use this for your next podcast. And it's a pee ball. And a pee ball is a pocket-sized toilet. No. Yes. Yes, it is. And it's it's basically a bag. And <laughs> it's not very big at all. It's like 10 centimetres by 10 centimetres by 1 centimetre. So it's about the same... Size as a no-coveted uh, iPhone antibacterial wax. Oh, yeah, okay. like, a, like an iPhone, but like a square iPhone. And effectively, what it looks like is a bit like an ice pack. And what you do is you rip it open, you put your, you know, digit inside, <laughs> and when you pee into it, the ba- the bag expands. <laughs> And uh, the, 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 the stuff that's inside, the matter that's inside the bag, it turns into this kind of viscous... Oh, wow. Sort of ...binnable material. And now I will give you one guess at which other famous brand this item is linked to. And we've spoken about it on the podcast. Famous brand? What similar item? Shiwi. Kind of Shiwi. It's the Shiwi. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. I was surprised when mum sent me anything to do with the podcast because I'm pretty sure that she would have turned off by now. But um, <laughs> she, she, yeah, it's a bio, biodegradable gel. That's what's inside. Excellent. But she, she wanted to. Yeah, so wait, so it turns your, so it turns your piss into a biodegradable gel inside a expanding bag, which yeah, then and it with... works for women as well. They can use the shiwi to go into. It's got, you know, it's an like an attachment. Product. Exactly. So they can like put their shiwi in and you can use it in the car. Yeah. I kind of like this idea. There, I mean, the questions that I would have to, that I, I kind of want to find the answers to is the idea that, so you pee, so I mean, piss kind of d- 
dissipates into the ground quite quickly, doesn't it? So you're still going, you know, so like if I was just pissing, it would, it's easier for me to just piss like on soil and I'd still have to find somewhere. And also your, it turns your piss into biodegradable gel, but still entraps it within a plastic expandable bag. Yeah. So that it won't be biodegrading inside that plastic bag. Well, I think, bag. I think what the idea is then is that you remove eh. said biodegradable gel and then recycle oh. your pee plastic. <laughs> <laughs> God, I mean, I'm sure that it's more user-friendly than I'm, I'm just... I'm just trying to think about um, the functionality of it. But, I mean, I really love the idea of it. I think, I think it's great. I think trying to find more accessible ways for people to pee is a fantastic idea, especially in this current world where, I mean, like, trying to do... Re yeah, doing research at the moment for toilet news is kind of really easy because Scraping there's the barrel because there's no I think it's really easy uh, there's a plethora of toilet news out there because of the the lack of them you know the lack of there being the news that thus there is the news um you know at the moment everybody's been saying how you know I mean basically the papers if you just type in toilet news into google it just comes up with saying you know, how beach heart owners by the seasides are furious that people are using them as public toilets because people are flooding to the beaches and the public toilets aren't open it's just the same with all kinds of towns that have some form of remote uh, re remote selling point yeah um they're, they're getting annoyed that there isn't the uh, the public toilet the public toilets aren't open but then again that goes back to what we said last week where boris johnson didn't give anybody any notice also our public toilets you know people shouldn't be going to the beaches should they so therefore we shouldn't be opening the public toilets and if you then yeah, it's still down to you know whether people are actually traveling essentially or yeah. making elongated trips to enjoy the, yeah, exactly. the sunshine so i want to ask you a question go uh in my opinion <laughs> the best use of pee balls oh no i think would probably be in uh just from personal experience and i don't know if you felt the same in a theater or cinema where they're automatically put on every seat you know depending on how much the units cost uh so you have your cup holder you have your popcorn and your uh, your fizzy drink if you're at the cinema. And then when you're at the theatre, instead of going, excuse me, excuse me. And then you hear the sound of seats flapping yeah, yeah. and hitting the back. Instead, you just hear the sort of <laughs> sultry hiss and sort of biodegradable gel slither um, <laughs> from several seats at once. Oh, God. <laughs> Most likely. But, like, See, it would right. just... No one would miss anything. That's no, no, no. I know, I know exactly what you're saying here. So um, it is one of my biggest fears, and it fills me with tension, anxiety. It makes me sweat. The feeling of... I mean, I love going to the theatre. I really do. I've definitely walked out of more plays than I've stayed in. Um, <laughs> the, uh, but quite... But every time I'll go and see um, a play, if, it's go, if I'm going to be sat down for longer than an hour, even if they say, oh, the running time of the first act is 70 minutes, I immediately know I'm going to be tense after the first 15 minutes needing to pee. I don't know why there isn't a line... Like, why... I have to drink while I also go to the theatre. Well, it no, no, be, no, no, you, you be... have to because it's it's <laughs> marketed at you. Well, it's like... it, it, well, it is, but I now only... If, say, for example, if I know I'm going to see a play at seven and I meet up with mates and we start drinking at five or whatever, even earlier, I won't touch anything other than red wine. I just drink right. red wine just because it the, the, the I, I feel that it makes me piss less 
red yeah. wine. Uh, yeah. It's le- yeah, there's I less volume there than if you're drinking. But the, but yes, anyway, every play I've been to recently that's been over an hour, the first act, I've had to leave to pee. It, I find it really... I remember I went to go see good people at the National. I was yeah. sit, I sat right at the front, right in the front left, because I had those student tickets where they kind of they fob you off all the tickets no one yeah. wants. Being right at the front, you might think would be good. Being right at the front on the very left, you can only see half the stage. Um, I think Frances Dillator was in this show, right. um, and she was amazing. And I'm oh, there. Was that the one in the um, National Trust houses? No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> the uh, but I, I remember I was there. I was you know almost seething in pain and agony of needing to pee. Like yeah. this was before I made. This the... is what I was going to ask you. What, what's your what's your technique? Do you oh, have a specific I... technique. I undo my belt before I sit down. Right. I then undo the top. <laughs> I I undo the top button if need be. I go. Yeah. I cross my legs. There's something called um, P. I can't remember what. Oh God, I can't. It was. Oh, see, this is interesting because I know. I know for ladies, well, at least the ladies that have been in my life, that crossing legs is like it's kind of a necessity because there. Oh uh, no! See, if I cross legs, in the way it, to stop it. I, I definitely um, sh- like fidget, and I will go from a cross leg period to a, uh, to try it, and then we'll return to two legs either side to kind of give it more space and less tension in that area. Um, right. And I, the pain is it, it it becomes more excruciating when you're in like a trapped environment where you can't communicate. Hundred you know, percent. When, when you communicate, when you're able to say, "Yeah, I always will go," even if I don't know the person, I need to be. You know, to the person yeah. next to me to try to hope sharing that need uh, alleviates the pressure somehow. Um, yeah. But it will get to a point when, uh, so for example, when I was seeing good people, it gets to a point when I can no longer concentrate on what's being said. I can only think about needing to pee, and so I then leg it and run to the toilet. Uh, when obviously you're then you know somebody tells you there's no readmittance and you're like okay yeah fine that's that seems fair thank you thank you for you know filling me up with alcohol and then making me sit for <laughs> making me sit for three hours and now telling yeah. me I'm not allowed to return to something that I've now paid and wasted a lot anyway it's, just, it's ridiculous um, yeah. but yeah and then when I remember I seeing good people I was there and I was like oh no it's gonna be really embarrassing oh I missed what happened oh. and you know just as I finished peeing in storms loads of people and like the act had just finished. And it would have been really useful if I had known if there had been like a countdown being like you can pee in <laughs> you can pee in four minutes or whatever. But the but yeah, I did I I don't think I would have you, the, you, I suppose you'd probably prefer like a pause button and a fast forward and a double speed button. That'd be great as well. That'd be, I don't yeah. have the confidence I think to be able to because also I'd have to Bloody get my archaic art form. I'd have to get my penis out in order to use this. What I would prefer Not is if there almost was like, like a modesty shelf. In the sort of like everyone sort of had a bench that they in a booth. On. What I prefer, yeah. Or if I'm in like yeah, like the booth at the side of the theatre. What are they called? The the observatory boxes. Oh yeah, the um the the uh, the just the boxes I think. Yeah, but the what I have many times thought about the a potential fix for this, right. and it would and it's more thought and less thought and more dreamed of, um, which would be like a device att- that you attach to the end of your penis, almost like a catheter going up there. And then okay. it and then it leads to a straight like a like a yeah, like a tube that then goes down your leg and then like sur- you wear it like trousers surrounds your leg. Like in what- the great escape, trying to surreptitiously get rid of the, the dirt. And then I yeah 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 and yeah. you pee, and you pee and your the bag around your leg just kind of expands. 
Okay. And then so you just that, a normal catheter. So like a normal catheter, but with a, with a bag that then is kind of like formed the shape of your leg, so you can oh, then. Okay, so it's so disguised. I can, so I can then yes, disguised under your trousers, and then you can go to the toilet, queue up for the cubicle, and then there's like a little tap on the side, like a bag of wine, and then you can decant your piss into the toilet. Listen, anyway. I think I think you should join ranks with Peeble. I think you've got a, a lot of product <laughs> ideas that are very viable and could potentially earn this podcast at least some money. Um, <laughs> well, I, well, I'd give it a go. Yeah, I would. Mate, I'll try it. If you come up with it, if you find the constituent parts and design a prototype, I'll be your, I'll be your guinea pig. Call it the anti-camel pack. I think that's a good name. Well, camels store a lot of liquid. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. Well, that yeah. leads up to my toilet experience this week, which is, again, an absence of a toilet experience, uh, which was where I... So, you know, we're allowed to meet up with one person, aren't we? We're allowed, and we're allowed to remain... You know, as long as you're remaining two metres away. And yeah. um, they've put in... On the tennis courts, they've reopened the tennis courts, um, and they've put in these guidelines where you have to mark your balls. If you're playing tennis with somebody... Uh, from a different household, you have to. So I was playing with this guy called Mike, which is quite annoying because if I put a W on my tennis balls and he puts an M, <laughs> he puts an M on his tennis balls, it doesn't quite work out. So you have to. Oh. So, I, so I put an S um, on mine. He put uh, an M. But anyway, you know, we played tennis and it's great. But these and this is playing tennis again on Hampstead on Parliament Hill, um, which are, yeah, they're nice tennis courts ish. Um, every time I go, I have to get my wrench out and I have to wind the net up so that somebody's not looking after the nets. Um, but I suppose the surface is okay. But the it cost £9.25 to play for an hour. So £9.25 is quite a lot of money, considering like how much... like what you, you need some form of effort response to be able to warrant paying that amount. And normally, yeah. I, normally, I'm the kind of person that doesn't pay for tennis courts because you know, I, I'm able to play midweek in the daytime when other people are at work. So when the courts are vacant and free, but you know, but the you know, the, when these tennis courts opened, it was immediate. Every booking slot was taken. Um, Is there anyone anyone present? Are there any people who represent no, the council? No, no there's no one no. present. Everybody there. I mean, the park, the Hampstead Heath is full anyway. But there's you know, there's no uh, like park attendant there, um, and also there are no toilets. They still haven't opened up their toilets, but they're still willing to take nine pounds twenty five from me. So are you adding your voice to the choir of um, uh, disillusioned am. and uh, disappointed provincial Arguses and Chronicles and Gazettes? Uh, I'm furious. I really am. Because, I mean, I, I would be much more at comfort, at ease, if you just don't open the tennis courts unless you've got the facilities to back them up. You can't ask £9.25 per hour. So I, we, we, we did two hours because that's the maximum you're allowed to pay for. And, there, and it was the only two slots available for the week. So I was like, you know, that's what I'm going to do. Um, so 18 is how much I paid for two hours, which is probably when you think, uh, you know, if you think after tax more money than I'm worth an hour, the, it's, you know, it's, it's ridiculous. But anyway, that's, that was my toilet experience, the absence of one, and then kind of being uncomfortable towards the end of my experience, having a look around, really Did wanting to... Did it affect your playing style I Were you crossing your legs more often? I was... <laughs> I was kind of... It's, I mean, it's the first time I've played tennis in a while, but I, I was able to win quite comfortably. Um, and I did enjoy the tennis, but it, it meant that the the idea of then remaining on the heat afterwards or, you know, would mean exposing myself outside and urinating in public, which is something I chose not to do, uh, which is very rare. I decided to go home. 
Um, That's very admirable of you. Um, it is admirable, but it's why I don't know. It just it, I just find it annoying that they're just happy to take our money and the fact that there are loads of people that are jumping at the chance. Clearly, you know, as soon as the the courts became bookable, they were all snapped up. Uh, as I said, if you look on the Hampstead Heath Parliament Hill courts now, you know that you'd be you'd struggle to get a slot, especially with the way that they monetize it. But no, but it was a really good game actually. He, but to be fair, Mike hadn't played in ages. Also, I think he was also hindered by the. <sighs> Absence of toilets. I, 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 you know, that is me putting words in his mouth. But okay. I think... And urine in his bladder. And you, <laughs> Yeah, more specifically urine in his bladder. But, I, you know, I think overall we both would have had a more comfortable, relaxing experience had there been uh, toilets available. But then the question is, should there have been toilets... Should there be toilets available uh, when you then have to employ somebody else to look after them? And then that becomes an incredibly high-risk area... Um, and as we've discussed, we're going to have to change certain aspects of our toilets yeah. um, in order to cope um, with the change of life because we'll never be corona-free. Well, listen, I know what I'm getting you for your next birthday and it's a pack of pee balls. <laughs> thank, you, thank you so much. I can't, I can't wait to use them. And you know what? Just in return, because my birthday's very near Christmas, for Christmas I will... Uh, give you some biodegradable gel uh, for you to be able to compost. How does that sound? Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, that sounds great. If only I had my allotment still. <laughs> um. Welcome back, uh, fellow toilet lovers. Welcome. I, it gives me great pleasure to introduce the section we call Toilet News. Toilet News! Um, this week, I've I got love toilet a news. little con uh, confusing contribution, but... We're going to go to Will first. Will, <laughs> what, what have you read in the news this week? Well, I mean, again, in the same light that I said that you, know, you can't avoid seeing uh, news about people using uh, public areas as toilets, I've yeah. done my best to stray away from that. And so I've gone to kind of like some... Like, when I saw this, I was like, great, that's exactly why we're doing this as a podcast. Um, yeah. and I, know, I know we might joke, and, you know, there are definitely, you know, it's... There is toilet humour within the conversation of the toilets, and some might even describe that as a defence mechanism. Um, but this article is from The Psychologist, uh, so it's called Toilet Psychology. Nick Haslam argues that psychologists should stop averting their eyes from the bathroom. And so uh, just to read a part of this so excretion is a universal part of the human experience but it is veiled in taboo psychologists have torn the veil off other taboos such as sex and death but they have largely ignored elimination nevertheless it is linked to such a rich assortment of intense emotions mental disorders personality traits social attitudes and linguistic practices uh yeah i mean that's basically all i need to read there basically i mean it's yeah it's it shows that I mean, okay, here. According to a 2010 survey, the British public considers the flush toilet to be the ninth greatest invention of all times, which I think... I just can't believe this. This <laughs> is amazing. <laughs> I think it's awesome. Just above the combustion engine, which I think is yeah. excellent. Toilet paper's ranked 22nd, um, which wipes the floor with trains, shoes, emails, and nappies. Nappies are at 60, the 62nd best. Sliced bread is the 70th. I that, think it's that awesome. Is, that is the key thing here like I, I, i'm we're going to talk about the psychology of toilets of course because that's effectively why we started the podcast yeah but the fact that there are 69 things better than sliced bread <laughs> is just so brilliant i love yeah, that. Yeah, that, yeah that's my favorite thing that i found out at least today for sure yeah. 
But I mean, um, I, it, it, it raises a very valid point, doesn't it? Where um, it is, there is a taboo about talking. You know, I was raised up in a family which very much... This, the concept of it being a taboo was not even a, you know, an idea that I'd considered. It probably developed as an idea when you, know, you suddenly become friends with other people outside your family and then you're sat around having food and you're talking about you know, how you've had quite a troublesome bowel today. And you can see people kind of you know, squealing at the thought of having to you know, try to be polite and tell this kid to shut the fuck up about talking about his bowels. Every psychology student knows um, that Freud, I mean, this, I'm paraphrasing here, but it says yeah. that um, children and toddlers take pleasure in retaining and expelling their feces, um, which is interesting because it's, I mean, it says fewer know that Freud also identified a urethral personality characterized by burning ambition and speculated that resisting the urge to urinate on fire was a pivotal moment in a primal man's ascent towards civilization, which is interesting. I think that that's probably very true, isn't it? I mean, I've, I've definitely heard the uh, connection between uh, money and poo uh, before. And it's <laughs> kind of like... What is that connection? <laughs> well, so it's something that you produce and it's something that you... Um, you basically there, there comes a point where you've ingested something and you've created something else within you and you're the, the thing that you seemingly as a toddler have created um becomes very dear to you and it it feels like at least when you can visually see the change in different sort of uh, uh materials that comes out you you, fa you get fascinated by it and you covet it because you're you're sort of that's mine that's my property that's my stamp on the world well but i know I, I, I feel like i feel like both of us in starting this podcast you know uh verbally we are excreting in a way and we covet that and that's yeah, completely. something that nobody else has thought to do in terms of well you know they're they're the we're we're in the 21st century now everyone's done done everything yeah yeah but, yeah but the fact that we're attempting at least to make something out of nothing um, or what people generally think of as nothing, yeah. I think there's definitely. I mean, there's definitely sense in it. When it comes to the peeing thing, <laughs> it relates straight back to your toilet experience, doesn't it? It's kind of like uh, the idea that you are going to miss something if mm. you leave to pee from the theatre. But then the fight between your brain trying to understand information and then trying to give out information. But there's also there's that idea of how much your bladder can hold. And it's like, you know, even if I have just gone to the toilet before going into the theatre... It's an interesting question. I don't know what the capacity is. It, it expands, doesn't it? It's, quite, it's almost yeah. like a, you know, um, elastic material that your bladder's made out of. Yeah. So it's like... So, so anyway, I mean, what I'm trying to say is that the need to pee is a psychological thing. Yes, it is you know it stems from a physiological issue um or response but you can hold on to your pee your brain is just telling you that you can't um but one thing i really love about this article um and why i think it's important to kind of release the taboo is because you know you can unlock so much from understanding and from communicating with other people um, about your toilet visits and about the language that you're using regarding toilets you know if you think about gender and you know it, it's a good argument. You know, I I feel naturally that women 
maybe get a bit more... I mean, I know that you shouldn't really be talking about the gender divide. There is definitely a difference in the graffiti of a women's toilet and a men's toilet. Uh, which we, Care which to enlighten we, us, Will? Which we turn, what? Well, no, it's just like, you know, in a, having you know, worked in many venues that have male and female toilets and having cleaned the graffiti off many of these toilets, men, men's toilets tend to be slightly more vulgar in their, you know, or even more like, you know, call this number for a good time and somebody's just written their mate's number down. Um, or, you know, football related, there tends to be a lot of football, or tagging or DJs or things like that. Um, whereas kind of women, there's just a lot less graffiti in ladies' toilets. In the ladies' toilets, I just... I thought you were going to say there was more for a second. No, there's less. I feel in terms of the maintenance and the cleaning up after the toilets, the female toilets tend to consistently get worse than the men's. But then does that not, it it like completely relate to uh, the burning sensation and sort of withholding it to progress as a race? Um, Like the, the sort of comfortability if that's a word with with excretions is is man's way of saying uh and i mean man the the the, the gender mm. i i'm cool with this i'm tough i'm like you know it yeah. i think it does relate into masculinity in that way I, I i can't speak with the same sort of understanding from a female perspective because i you know i it would have to be I think it would have to be... I think we'd have to look into it, really. I think we have to look into I think from my personal experience, I find that... I mean, I tend to be the first person to start the conversation about pooing or about, you know, that, you know, that type of human behaviour. Yeah. And, I'd, and I'd say that it's, there's no obvious difference between the men and the male and the female reaction to what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. If, any, yeah. if anything, the female reaction is slightly more interesting because it's... Uh, it's it's a world of toilets that I don't use, um, or you know, often. So maybe I find those conversations slightly more engaging. Um, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't think there's a difference response, but it is important to talk about the categorising of society and the fact that it's awkward for for us to talk about and awkward for me to talk about and probably awkward to hear shows that it's a co- it's a conversation and a topic that does need to be had. It needs um, to be expanded. It needs 100%. to be expanded, and the. And that, you know, there are many um, kind of subcategories within the, you know, releasing the veil on toilet taboos. But yeah, anyway, um, I'm sure a lot of that's going to get cut, but that's... (laughs) (laughs) that's... I'm I'm excited to hear some of the reactions we get to the stuff that we keep in, if I'm being honest. Uh, Do you feel like you've uh, received sort of an undue amount of scorn then for describing or like throughout your life describing or sort of being free with talking about it and open with talking about it i think maybe behind my back potentially but like to uh, but i think people you know like when i meant when i put out into the wide web that i was doing this toilet podcast the response i got from people that had known me throughout my life was just kind of like yep makes sense or had gone <laughs> Uh, I had a mate called Andy and he messaged me saying, you know, I would, if I could would listen, you know, if there was one podcast you would do anything about, it would be about your toilet visits, wouldn't it? Um, yeah. And, you know, there's, you know, I had a mate in, Austra- in uh, New Zealand messaged me saying, oh, remember that time when you and me went for 14 shits together in one train journey? And I was yes, like, yes, of course. yes. It's like, yes, I do remember that, mate. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would say um, that me describing to my friends and family uh, that I was doing a, <clears throat> I would say that me describing 
that I was doing a podcast about toilets to my friends and family was akin to coming out of the the wash closet a little bit. There was a there was a little gap each time, uh, and it was sort of a raised eyebrow. But then it was sort of kind of like, well, yeah. But it, I think people were easily convinced um, that it is something that has got a you know a market. People don't talk about it enough. And especially in these times, as we've been finding out week on week with the coronavirus uh, news articles, that, that people want cleaner toilets and want cleaner facilities. Completely. And so the best way to start that is to talk about it. Great. Should we move on to your toilet news, I think, maybe? <laughs> we've done two lots of toilet news in that one, I think. Okay, I'm gonna, this is going to be really quick because I, do, I don't have any authority on the science of this. So yeah, um, because I don't have any of the authority of science on my article, I'm going to make this very quick and say I found this article while trawling through all the echoes and gazettes and Argus's <laughs> um, complaining that public toilets weren't open. And I found this article, which is effectively a band interview in a rock magazine in Australia. Great. Um, but it starts with, Toilets flush in the opposite direction <laughs> down under. Didn't expect that. This is actually a myth. I should have confirmed when I recently interviewed legendary Aussie rocker Gary Angry Anderson. Wider news outlets suggest that the Coriolis effect uh, (laughs) will spin storms and hurricanes in the northern and southern hemispheres in opposite directions. And it also is purported to have an effect on every single vortex of water in both of those uh, hemispheres as well. However... It has no effect on the toilet drain. For further proof, check out season 16, episode 6 of The Simpsons. Yeah. Which apparently, this episode of The Simpsons... I know it well. ...is... Okay. Do you do you know where we're going with it? It's in what? Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's when, it's when Bart calls up the person that lives in Australia um, and ends up racking up a huge bill just to be able to find out his school project of whether water moves in the different direction in Australia. <laughs> And he ends up he ends up racking up this huge phone bill, but because he uh, it was a collect call, the person in Australia had to pay the call, and then Bart and the whole family got to go on a holiday in Australia. But it wasn't really a holiday; it was when a, like somebody high up in Australia got in the Commonwealth ma- got a massive boot, yeah. and their way of seeking justice was to kick was his to kick, ass, yeah, kick his ass with a big boot, yeah. Oh, brilliant! So, um. That was, a, that was a very... I have to applaud you because that was a very concise uh, and very detailed remembrance of a Simpsons episode. It's all right. It's my, it's my main talent, really. I should do a Simpsons podcast, to be well, honest. <laughs> <laughs> do you, you want to just start it now? <laughs> um, so, basically, that was, that was where I found this interesting sort of technique. Because I always imagined that, yeah, that was probably true just because... Of the poles, for some reason, yes. If you're, <laughs> if you're on top, something changes because you're on the bottom. But funnily enough, I looked into it a little further. Good. Remember, I'm not a scientific mind, so I didn't go all the way. I didn't <laughs> any fucking books from a library. But in the Washington Post, Rachel Feltman writes, The Coriolis effect is probably the most scientific excuse humans have for staring into toilet bowls. Which oh. I, I think is disagreeable. Um, you know. Yeah, no. Sometimes people get ringworm, so you know. Uh, well, it's more what you put in the toilet that I stare at, other than rather than the toilet itself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, ratemypoo.com is a perfect example. <laughs> One of the yeah. earliest websites. In... I think 
I think they've gotten rid of that, you know. RateMyPoo.com. Yeah, I am going um, to quickly look up RateMyPoo. Yeah, no, go for it. And just see whether RateMyPoo is a real... <coughs> RateMyPoo.com. Is it still, it's still a thing? It's and still there. And they have it. And the first thing that comes up is a picture of Donald Trump holding a microphone, and I get to rate it one to ten. I is think it? he is a um, a what do what do we give him? He's an absolute bit of shit. So let's give him ten out of ten. Yeah, for sure. Biggest piece of go. shit. There we go. Great. That's and the it, most effect I've felt having voted for at least the last <laughs> ten years. So it's not true. The water doesn't. It's the same. So. In my basic understanding of this science, <laughs> Great. of geographical science, and physical, because it is to do with the equator and the core, um, basically, the Washington Post reported on a guy called Destin Sandlin, who on his <laughs> blog put two, uh, photo, uh, two videos together. Uh, one of them was a toilet flushing in the Northern Hemisphere, and one was in the Southern, and you can find it, so just search Destin Sandlin. Um, and basically, <laughs> the idea is to show that. I don't they, know why I love that name. They travel in the same direction. So that is basically effectively uh, rubbishing the idea that every single drain and every single function that includes water vortexing is means that they're different in the northern and southern. And the way that it actually works, the way that this theory came to be, is it's actually to do with the equator traveling at a faster speed. Uh, when it rotates, then the the north and southern poles. Now, when uh, the water is brought with gravity into the center of the world, if you are at the opposite poles, you will see more of a visible change of the water traveling in different directions. But when you're at the equator, some people have actually uh, recorded that it goes either direction <clears throat> or it goes straight down the plug hole with no vortex at all. Which right, I, that's the thing that interests me more. But because... I mean, that def I've definitely seen that happen. Have you? But, yeah, but it, but on a toilet. I, I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw a spanner in the works a little bit. Go on. And I don't think I think it's more to do with the toilet manufacturers. This is it, also part of the article. There I is... that's just my I think it, having my toilet experience and having you know watched the Simpsons episodes. Yeah, when I was about eight years old, and then having continued with that that thought in my head, probably for a few years after, and then forgot about it until this very moment. But I have, yeah, having used many different types of toilets, I think that would be the main variable on whether or not it flushes clockwise or anti. Yeah, there's so many different shapes, and apparently, according to another article that I read, I, I don't know. <laughs> <it up. laughs> but um, apparently, according to this other article, if the toilet is um, manufactured in a place that is near the equator um it will be manufactured in such a way that it it causes the rotation in a certain way wow because it unsettles people uh that a, a toilet is flushing and water is cascading directly downwards it looks like some sort of vision from hell apparently well i think my I'm favorite flushing system convinced. is like is like the airport flush you know, the air when you're on an airplane and you press flush and it goes like that. Well, yeah, it just it fills the ball up and then and it the... then just sucks it all in. Yeah. And I and I really like that because to mm. me it makes it feel less like water is kind of being splashed out into the air around me. And it feels very clean and it feels if it, if there were sensors on the side of the toilet that could monitor how far up the water had to fill, that'd be cool. 
Um, but yeah. Agreed. Anyway, I, have you seen those toilets that close and lock before you flush them? No. So they are in a few service stations, and they basically have like a latch on the front, and apparently it's one of the most hygienic toilets. But if it's a toilet that you literally have to touch the same handle every time to open it, yeah, it doesn't doesn't seem like it. But I think the reason that it's lauded as such is because when you close it and flush it, I think it sprays disinfectant around the toilet. Again, that you, the, you the hear functionality a of that, sound. yeah, the, no, the, I know. yeah, the 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 phrase. Toilet after use sprays yeah. is you know, they, you know whether or not even if you chuck the word disinfectant in there, what happens when it runs out of disinfectant? And also these these service stations, there's that smell in toilet station you know t- service stations as well, which yeah. is unlike any other. It's like sweat, but it's like it's sweat, like hot sweat, isn't it? Hot sweat with some grease and some yeah. Anyway, so you're advocating the vacuum toilet. Well, I need to look into it more. Oh, that, the the terminology I found out is toilet plume. It doesn't give off a toilet plume. Which ah, makes it sound completely like a biological weapon. Wow, yeah. I'm going to use that. Excellent. Excellent. So uh, yeah, somebody messaged me saying that they could smell asparagus in their pee, and then I decided to. I mean, obviously it's a thing. Like my mum says that she can smell it in her pee. La 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 la. Uh, but I I did a little bit more research, and it seems yeah. that it's more intricate than we first thought. In the sense that some people Excellent. can smell it, some people can't. Some people right. can some people can smell it in other people's pee and not their own. Oh. And it's and so it's it's so it's interesting the yeah like the the ephemeral smell of it. Um, and it's also, it then reminded me of the beetroot effect of when you eat a lot of beetroot. And I remember as a kid pissing what I thought was blood. And I called my mum and dad and was very afraid and showed them what was in the toilet bowl. And it took, to be fair to them, um, actually to be fair to them, it's probably, this is not an accolade. It took them about 10 minutes of worrying before they remembered that they'd had beetroot. Which and, must have been uh, a really exciting time for you. I suppose that 10 minutes must have lasted about three hours. I was worried that I was going to... Ha- yeah, my parents are both, you know, they're... That's it, the- penis. Off. 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 Welcome back. This is Topic Toilet of Talking Toilets. This week, uh, we are doing unfortunate toilets. So this could be toilets that are kind of down on their luck, unfortunate that you came across them. I mean, whatever you think that means. I yeah. mean... What, what does that mean to you? What toilet are you bringing to the table today, Alex? You've missed out the one combination of these words oh, no. that um, makes this toilet unfortunate. And it's because I came across it with my current state at the time. Oh, no. Okay, fine. This is Awful. the only time, at least in living memory, like maybe I had this when I was a kid. I doubt it because I think my parents would have told me. But um, <laughs> it was a sad day. We were working together at the Barbican at the time, I believe, and it was the first ever time I got food poisoning. Mm. Or I got norovirus. I still don't know. <laughs> really? I remember this. You thought yeah. you had the norovirus. I think it is I think it's norovirus because Because didn't Louisa, Louisa have the same thing? Yeah. yeah. Louisa yeah, had yeah, yeah. it first. And then I was kind of nursing her for a day. Yeah. And you I shouldn't. think I even I think I even went did I go to work? No, it was a sat. It was a Saturday. I don't think I went to work that day. Because you can't share the same bathroom. No, 
And you do. You do. <laughs> so, yeah. But anyway, the, the unfortunate toilet that is in question is the one that I've just used. It is in this flat still. Um, I say sorry to it every time I can remember to do so. I have just given it a quick pat to say very sorry. Um, I, I had never quite experienced anything like it, and I'm sure any sufferer of food poisoning or norovirus knows exactly what I'm talking about. But um, the only thing I have to say on this matter about that specific incident was I spent a lot of time that day on that toilet but the first meeting that it would have got and just picture yourself if you're the toilet put yourself in the position as a humanoid toilet combo where you're just sat there in the room waiting to be utilized you understand that you're probably underpaid for your job um, you deserve more employees rights maybe you should probably get round to joining a union and then the door opens and a man violently vomits across the room in front of oh, you oh my god that is what um that is what the toilet would have seen and then it would have had a very sad sort of couple of hours with me suffocating its face awful okay fine so your entry, yeah. your entry to the unfortunate toilet is just the act of the consequence of having the norovirus. Yeah, awful, awful. Well, I mean, my un- unfortunate toilet was um, a very simple experience. It might have actually been after somebody had the norovirus, but um, uh, it was when I was working in Pizza Express. This is in Pizza Express in Maidstone. It was. One of my, it's probably like my second job. I was 16 years old. I was running food, occasionally doing a bit of waitering, but I was quite new to the game. Um, and it was, I think I just finished my first waiter shift. Um, and a part of your job, if you're like, if you're closing down that section on the floor, um, if you're downstairs, is to check the toilet downstairs uh, and then kind of like give the nod to the manager that, you know, everything's fine, everything's signed off. Um, I everything was done. All the customers had gone. Everything was clean. Everything was ready to go. Um, it was my job to go downstairs and check the toilet, open the door. Um, my God, I've never seen anything like it in my entire life. The walls were covered in shit. The walls of the cubicles were covered in shit. There was a handprint of shit on the mirror of above the sink in this small toilet. It only had two cubicles, two sinks, one urinal. It's a very small downstairs toilet. And somebody has just, like, for some reason... I don't know whether they were incontinent and they were trying to clean up their own shit, but whatever, whatever... What, with more shit? I don't know. There's no logic behind whatever this person was doing. It was... They just used their hands to spread shit. I hope it was their own all over the walls. Um, and then I uh, looked at it and left the room. And I remember taking a big out breath. And it's when you have that awful, selfish thought of like a 16-year-old of going, I don't get paid enough to clean this up. Because, you know, I was on minimum wage plus whatever tips I would make. Um, especially when you're a runner, you make, you only get the tips that the waiters are willing to give you. So you make very little money. It helped that my sister was a waiter and was a very liked human being. So quite often the you know the waiters there who were also just trying to earn their own money um, would you know hand me a five or a ten or whatever if I really helped them out, um, which was nice. But yeah, uh, I just turned around, went no, went up to Magda. She was like, you check the toilets, and I went yup. And then just grabbed my bag and walked out. Um, and, you know, very kind of. I just, I um, hoped that the, the the idea of me being naive and new to the job would get me away with it. Because, I, you know, I've not cleaned and that did up. did it? 
um, yeah, it was it wasn't mentioned. I went back in. It was a Saturday. Went back in on Sunday, um, and went and opened up the toilet, and it was completely clean. So some poor bugger had on opened Saturday, the door. On Saturday, no, day. on the on on the next day, the Sunday, some poor bugger had opened the door. <clears throat> Somebody had cleaned it all up. No, nothing. That was it. That was just. It was an unfortunate toilet. It was awful. It was horrible to have come across it. Uh, whoever had done it had a very unfortunate time, unless it was a. A kind of masochist. I'd say it's awful. I mean, who? I wonder, who... I wonder though if there's no logic to what could possibly look like what I'm sort of viewing it as a sort of crime scene in a way. Yep. Which I'm sure yeah, you yeah. would have. But um, if there's no logic, and if there's was there anyone who'd walked out of the toilet who was covered in shit that anyone had seen or was like because what I'm thinking and this is just a weird theory. Go on. But. You know the whole spontaneous combustion thing? That it's kind of a <laughs> It's kind of like, it doesn't really exist. What happens if that's an actual thing? If you spontaneously, even though you make it to the toilet, but sort of, you know, combust with shit and just God. can't stop it. Has gas ever built up to such a degree in someone's stomach that when they pull down their trousers, they like, you know, they, they create lift? So my only, I, I, I get what you're saying, like the, if you think about the logic of it and how was all this poo scattered around here, you know, has poo come up from the, the sewers, <laughs> it has a pipe burst, yeah, what's, that's ha- true. That's... what's happened? But the thing that disproves all of this was the um, very clear, I've still got the, the image of it, the very clear handprint of shit that was on the mirror. So some, it was, and there was one on the door as well, like as if somebody had... Um, you know, push the door. Oh God, the, bless so, you, Will. You know, push the door of the cubicle open, um, and there was just that handprint there, and it was yeah, smeared over the mirror. It was. I think yeah. there are many words that could describe this toilet. Unfortunate is probably the right one, but I think like <laughs> it's unfortunate in so many ways. But it's yeah, it's unfortunate for who did it. It's unfortunate for the building and the toilet itself. It's unfortunate for everybody that came across it. Uh, it's particularly unfortunate for the person that had to clean it up. Um, it was awful. Well. It gives new meaning to muddy battlefields in my head. Oh, God. I've got a new point of reference whenever I, I share a remembrance. Oh, God. Do you have anything you wish for the future this week? I mean, mine's pretty simple. I want Dominic Cummings to resign and be replaced with somebody who's able. In fact, I'd like the whole government to be. The fact that he went away to Durham again questions what work these people actually do. Like, how often are these people away from their work? And how is mm. the, the Prime Minister unaware of where this person was? And if he is was aware, why is he lying? Actually, no, I wish for the future that people just ask the right questions. Yeah, okay. My thought for the future is a combination of things. The first thing is that I hope that I am able to travel for the next few months into work without any contact with any other human being. Yeah, it's just a very personal one. You need to get a car. I need to get a car. The second thing is that I stock that car up with the famous, well, at least hopefully now famous, P-Balls. Yeah, the P-Balls! So I'm going to buy you one just to try a tennis escapade. And then I'm going to get one for my car van. Are they pricey? Uh, uh, I don't know yet. I'll I'll look into that. But I think that's an expense we can probably muster to create great biodegradable content for our podcast. It says um, here it's about a tenner. It's a six pack. It's a six, it's pack. A six pack. Fantastic. So, so less... what I what I suggest we do is go away and each try it, um, yep. and then maybe write a, a field report that we can like maybe even speak a field report directly after we've used it. Yeah. Um, 
maybe rate it on a on a scale of one to ten for three things like splashback, uh, smell, and ease of uh, yeah comfortability. And then yeah, let's report back and see how that goes. So just to give listeners uh, an insight, we used to be called the Toilet Review in early days. Because we wanted to specifically go into specific toilets and review them. That isn't very practical with recording equipment and uh, (laughs) toilet plumes in the same room. So now we're going to trial our section of the podcast, which is toilet reviews. And we're going to review a toilet that doesn't really exist other than in a bag. Yeah, and we are, I have to like stress, not being sponsored by people. Although would love to. Yes. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for tuning in again. Um, we're really happy to have people follow this journey with us. Um, we really, As I said before, we really hoped you liked the ones where we brought on Miles and Lisa uh, because that kind of idea is what we're going to be doing once this lockdown alleviates. Absolutely. If you really like to show us some love, our Facebook is Talking Tea Podcast. Again, Facebook thinks it's a derogatory word. We think it probably will forever. Um, one, and day. Our, one day. One day. One day. And our Instagram and Twitter handle is the same. It's at TalkingToilets underscore. And yeah, just send us in anything you've got, really. Uh, not not parcels and literal, you know, packets of what you've got, because we're not that Freudian here. <laughs> just ideas, stories and thoughts to do with toilets yes, would be wonderful. Yes. Um, and yeah, and as always, keep flushing. Keep f- 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 flushing.